Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. And we can officially say it now. Good afternoon, BYU fans, and welcome to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the BYU Cougars are in Statesboro, Georgia, to face the Georgia Southern Eagles. My name is Ben Bagley, not Super Dave Osborne, but Ben Bagley. Thank you for joining us for BYU football. Joining me from Paulson Stadium, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, I hope you are rested, not rusty, coming out of the bye week. Oh, yeah, I can't say, uh, you know, I can't speak much to my tongue. Maybe uh, my tongue might be a little bit rusty, but my football skills are sharp as ever. Last week on the bye week, I went and took in some Utah State uh, semifinal high school playoff action. So, uh, and of course, you know, planted myself on the couch on Saturday. So it was still a football-filled weekend for me, just missing BYU. Glad to be back at it this week down here in Statesboro, Georgia. Well, that's a good segue right into the headlines. So before the Cougars face the Eagles, let's get into our game headlines. All right, our first headline, Riley, it is coming off of a bye week, and it seems as if BYU has almost been off the radar since Baylor. But now they're back at it tonight, or this afternoon, in Statesboro against Georgia Southern. What do the Cougars need to do coming out of the bye week in Idaho State games to announce themselves again to the nation? They have to keep... Not a lot of the national pundits or voters are going to be logging into ESPN Plus to actually watch this game. Most of this is going to be, you know, they're going to check in, watch the highlights on the Internet, and, and look at the box score. So the box score has got to look right, and they have to play good, clean football, come out and execute, and uh, and, and take care of business that way. Is this is this an opportunity for the Cougars? And I know Kalani doesn't like that. He likes to play the sportsmanship card, but it was interesting. I think it was last week uh, I was at home the last week, the uh, uh, Oklahoma-Baylor game, and, my, and Dave Aranda kicks a field goal with one second left, game already in hand to, for tiebreaker reasons, the point differential. Kalani's not, not a guy who def, definitely subscribes to that, but you saw it against Idaho State. They didn't let off the gas till the third quarter, late third quarter, and put a statement on the scoreboard. They have to do the same thing today. You just have to emphasize execution. I mean, you're – Whatever units out on the field has to play. Just speaking a little bit from personal experience, when I was in 2009, the backup to Max Hall, I really prided myself on whenever we got a chance to play, uh, that that second unit was ready to go, and that we were that uh, we wouldn't experience a drop. And that's one of my favorite uh, statistics. And nobody tracks this, but the backup quarterback. <laughs> but as the second as the second unit that year, uh, we got 14 drives. We scored touchdowns on nine of them field goals on three more so we were 12 for 14 as scoring drives on those uh, garbage time uh, I say garbage time we'll call it those second unit opportunities and uh, you just got to have the same approach hopefully you've got a leader leading that second unit different leaders at different spots on both the offensive defensive side of the balls and they're gonna come and take care of business but that only happens if 
the first team unit comes out, is sharp, takes care of business, they respect their opponent, they play hard, they play physical, they play the brand of BYU football that we're, we've been accustomed to seeing uh, this year to put you in a position to even worry about that. If if the first unit doesn't take care of business, then you know it, all the rest doesn't really matter because you got a different set of issues. Our second headline today is earlier this week it was announced that Tyler Algier is named one of ten semifinalists for the Doak Walker Award, which is given to the nation's best running back. Algier comes into the game today with over 1,100 yards on the season for BYU, averaging just over 116 yards per game. Tyler Algier, two games left to kind of cement everything in his BYU career. Do you expect a big game from Tyler today? I do. He got he got banged up a little bit. He had that long run on the screen pass uh, against Idaho State, got brought down on his shoulder. I, it, it wasn't reported or anything, but just kind of having suffered that injury and seeing Tyler's reaction to it. I think he had a, a mild shoulder sprain last week, and so I think they shut him down somewhat pre- prematurely. What I'm interested in, in addition to the Doak Walker, uh, well, speaking of Doak Walker, the last player at BYU to win the Doak Walker Award was Luke Staley, and Tyler is within striking distance of Luke single season rushing yards record I, I don't know that he's in striking distance of his touchdowns but at least his yards he's got to average about 150 over these last three games it'll be interesting to me to see if that's on the minds of coach Sitake and coach Roderick and this and this BYU coaching staff by the judging by the workload or you know kind of the, the I guess what I'll say is we'll see if they have their eye on the stat sheet for Tyler Argyle it if they don't, the big thing for him is just coming out, getting better each week, continuing to hone his skills and uh, produce and be the, the mainstay of this offense that he's been thus far in the season. You mentioned Luke Staley. Tyler Algier also the uh, the first Cougar since Luke Staley to be a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. Uh, moving on to the final headline we got for you, Riley. Georgia Southern today defending the triple option or their hybrid version of a triple option. What's the key for the BYU defense? Assignment sound football. You have to stick to your assignment, whether you are assigned to a man. There's a couple different ways to play defense against an offense like this. You either have man assignments or you have gap assignments. It's very similar to pass coverage, right? You're either assigned a wide receiver or you're assigned a, a zone of the field. The same is when you are facing a rush offense like this. You either have assignments like you you know you take the you take the dive and you take the quarterback and you take the pitch, or you know you got a gap, b gap, c gap force player and alley runner right which are more kind of zone type assignments whatever those assignments are the biggest thing is you have to be aligned correctly well first of all you have to know your assignment second you have to be aligned correctly and then third you have to give great effort in order to execute so uh, that that's really the key it's 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 super boring there is no magic bullet no silver bullet to uh, you know to doing this it's uh, It'll be. I'll be. I'm interested to see what happened last time. You know, think about last year in the 2020 season. They come across to the Atlantic Coast, and you know, we're we're a little bit more inland than we were last year in Myrtle Beach, but it's still very similar. You know, playing a team um, like obviously, I'm recalling the memory of, of Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina last year had a little bit more experience, maybe a little bit more talent than this Georgia Southern team does. But still, if you don't come in both mentally and physically prepared, this offense can give you fits. And uh, I'm excited to see the BYU defense answer the challenge today. That'll wrap it up for our first segment headlines. Coming up next, we'll talk to Daniel Reed, the play-by-play voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by My Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time to get to know the foe. We're joined by Daniel Reed, play-by-play voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. We're really, uh, really happy to have you guys here. This could be a once-in-a-lifetime thing for us. Yeah, it's 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 uh, BYU's first trip down there to Georgia Southern. What do you what what should BYU fans know going into this game about this Eagles team? Well, it's not been a very good season. You could look at three and seven and understand that, and especially with the amount of tradition that is here, it's very troubling. And when you have to get rid of a head coach four games into the season, you just wonder: All right, you've got eight games left. What exactly is going to happen? Will it go completely off the rails, or will the ship be steadied? And you got to give credit to this coaching staff, led by interim head coach Kevin Whitley, who was an All-American here, won two national championships here in the FCS back in the late 1980s. He is someone that had to take over at that time. And now that Clay Helton was announced just a couple of weeks go to take over as the head coach once the season ends after next weekend in Appalachian State. The direction is going to change pretty quickly. Atmosphere-wise, this has been the most sizzle I've felt at Paulson Stadium maybe in five years. The parking lot is packed with people just ready to come in. It's a sellout crowd and a chance that maybe we won't ever have again to have somebody like BYU. So this has been anticipated, and despite it being a 3-7 and seven season, I think Georgia Southern could look at things. If a victory today would happen, it would just help erase a lot of the, a lot of the bad feelings from the last few months. Daniel, we were just commenting during the break that uh, the recruits are on the field right now, kind of getting a tour of the facilities and on the field. I got to imagine having the number four team, uh, number fourteen team in the country, uh, come to your place is, is a big draw. This segment's called Know the Foe. Give our you mentioned some of the tradition, but maybe walk the BYU fans and listeners through what that tradition looks like. Six national champ, and then the jump up to you know the FBS level. Give us that timeline. Well, the striking thing is that it's all happened in 40 years. We've been able to do all of that. Where some schools would take 100 years, it's happened in 40. When Art Russell was hired after being the legendary D coordinator for Georgia back in '81 under Vince Stool, he spent 17 years there. They had just won the national title with Herschel Walker in 1980. He came here for exactly one dollar more than his salary at Georgia. That was the big selling point to go from Athens down to Statesboro. It was that one dollar, and that's about all we were able to raise initially because he was the one that was going out to all these small towns in rural Georgia to figure out how to start up a football program. But when he had the press conference May 23rd of 81, that changed the fate of this school. Three years later, Paulson Stadium was built. The very next year, national championship. The very next year, national championship. 89 and 90 followed. 99 and 2000 with Paul Johnson followed. So all this fan base knows is winning. So when you get a season like a 2016, a 2017, or this year, people don't know how to react because winning happens so quickly because of the plan that Irk Russell laid in place. But now you get a chance to welcome in the number 14 team in the country in front of a sellout crowd. If a good performance does happen, it would remind people that this place is still capable of things like that. And with Coach Helton about to take over, it would definitely be a momentum boost going into the offseason. Last game, freshman Cam Ransom got his start at the QB position and the depth chart this week coming into it. It's listed either him or Justin Tomlin getting the start. Is there any idea of what BYU should expect from the quarterback position today? Yeah, it, that's a very good question because Justin Tomlin actually got injured during that game last week at Texas State. It happened during the fourth quarter, and he has not practiced very much this week. Ransom's been very limited with that left shoulder. I imagine you would see a lot of Connor Sigelski, who has not taken a single college snap. In fact, he just came back from injury a few weeks ago himself. Somebody at, just outside of Atlanta from Marist High School, really good academic institution. He was a 4-0 student in the fall, but he's just coming off of lat surgery, and he has not taken a collegiate snap. 
so if he would happen to start today against the number 14 team of the country on senior day in yeah. front of a sellout crowd that would be a pretty nice story for him to tell Daniel, I, you've been with this team obviously every uh, every game this season. I just did my study on maybe the the most recent three or four, but one of the uh, I feel like there's pretty good talent at the uh, at the skill position. Maybe some lack of inconsistency, but to me, the biggest challenge I see for this Georgia Southern team will be matching up in the trenches. Speak to how that how the both offensive and defensive line units have performed this year, and what they have to do to be able to have success against a you know big physical BYU presence. You know there are positives for both the offensive and defensive line because the five guys that Georgia Southern has started, it's been nine of the first ten games. Now, granted, last week right guard Khalil Crowder was out because of injury. He is expected back today, so the five that have started those first nine should be able to go together against you guys today. I wouldn't imagine there'd be shame in putting in subs this early because we're at a point of the season. If you're Clay Helton, you want to see what you have on the roster. you got to figure out what you need to recruit. Defensive line, that's probably the deepest unit on this roster now because a couple running backs are injured and won't play today as well. But assistant coach Vic Cabral, another guy who played here, was part of a national championship team back in 2000. He has a way of just firing guys up and has such great enthusiasm for this game and the guys that he, that play for him. And I would anticipate that as the defensive line goes, this defense is going to go. If they can find a way to get pressure on Jaron, whoever's going to take snaps for BYU at quarterback. That's going to help a very young secondary that's been banged up ever since the beginning of the season. You you mentioned this might be a big day for Georgia Southern if they could find a way to upset BYU with the with the large crowd, the recruits and everything else, with the changeover and the coaching staff and everything that's gone on this year. For that to happen, what's the one thing Georgia Southern has to do? <laughs> Don't let BYU have the football. <laughs> yeah be able to have have some ball control and this is a team that from 2018 through much of 2020 it was a squad that was running only about 62 plays per game thriving on time of possession anywhere from 33 to 35 minutes per contest this year it's been much more up tempo with Doug Roos taking the reins at offensive coordinator the last few weeks though they've been uh, fidgeting with tempo, I guess you would say. Sometimes they go fast, other times they go slow. Sometimes they'll operate out of a very quick huddle, only two yards behind the football. They'll sprint to the line and then snap it quickly so the defense can't exactly get a read on what's coming at them. But I would have to think that Georgia Southern would want to hold on to the ball as long as possible. You'd want third and two or less to convert and have a high rate there and just do what you can with that BYU offense because Tyler Algier, is, he might be the best running back that's ever played here. I think he looks a lot like former All-American Adrian Peterson. The film that I've watched is the way people bounce off of him. And then those DBs will just have to do what they can against the receivers. Well, Daniel, Daniel, thanks a lot for joining us. Appreciate your time. Look forward to a great game and have a good call. You got it, guys. Enjoy it. Up next, it's Cougar and Cougar Cuts, members of the BYU defense. Talk about the Eagles' triple option offense. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for Cougar Cuts. After 10 weeks of play, BYU finally hands handled its bye week last week. Linebacker Ben Bywater said it was a much needed break. Yeah, we were played a ton of games in a row, so I think it was just it was good to have a week off. I was grateful for it. I think everyone was. 
weeks off like this, they help, they help your body recover and they help you. Obviously you go 10 weeks in a row, you're a little bit um, exhausted. So it's just good to relax and, and get your minds right. And so uh, we had a great week of practice last week. And so I feel confident. Ben, the bye week always seems to uh, be cent- or all the conversation around bye week seems to be centered on you know the physical rest that takes place and all those things. Later on in a, in a later segment, we're going to discuss some of the other things that need to be done during bye week in order to make it um, as successful as possible. But this one, where it came, I I don't. I got to get Ralph Sokolowski, our statistician, on this, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure it's the latest bye week, at least since I've been following BYU football. Teams just don't have buys this way, this late. Unfortunately, it, there was a trade-off because you know BYU had a jam-packed first half of the schedule and was able to get teams like Baylor and Virginia in on the second half of the schedule to where you know you pushed it. So yeah, it's it's not the ideal place for a buy, but it did come, and uh, hopefully these Cougars are rested up to finish these last three games, the two final regular season games and the bowl game, uh, on a really high note. That's the interesting thing about this season, the schedule, Riley, is the fact that, I mean, the bye week coming 10 weeks in, I like I said, I don't know of many teams that have a bye week that late in the season, but you mentioned the trade-off. BYU capitalized that off that with the schedule that they played and the, the record they had, the momentum they had, and the, how they were a conversation piece nationally. And then you get that you get Idaho State bye week, and then coming into Georgia State, all of a sudden it just like drops off the radar for a minute. Yeah, and it doesn't help that USC is struggling as well. But finishing a, a game that will be you know on the back on the normal television networks in the Coliseum, and who knows, uh, USC is changing their starting quarterback. Maybe they got a little bit more vigor in them. And they'll be, they'll actually, they still have a shot at be, just becoming bowl eligible. I know that sounds like a, that's not something that you're normally talking about when it comes to a USC program, but, and those dudes got talent, right? So BYU-USC to end the season on Thanksgiving week uh, will bring them a little bit back uh, back in. But yeah, to, to your point about the trade-off, I'd take it every day of the week because, you know, because of this bye week, it allowed them to set up the series of challenges and opponents that vaulted them to their 14th ranked status where they find themselves today. The Georgia Southern Eagles run an option offense which can be difficult to defend if you don't see it often. D'Angelo Mandel was asked what the, the, the key was to slowing it down. Depending on what we run that day, just having disciplined eyes. Because your eyes are disciplined, then you're just going to go with something that isn't really what it is, and then boom, they're taking it for 60. So it's all just staying disciplined in what you're doing. So, so D'Angelo is talking about disciplined eyes. What that means is that you have each player has a cue. For example, defensive linemen are not. It would be very hard for them to see the quarterback or the ball fake. Uh, they're reading. They have to be disciplined in knowing their gap or their man assignment, and then reacting to the lineman. For example, often if a guy is pulling, or you think about trap blocks, a defensive end, or sorry, a defensive lineman, especially a defensive tackle, if you find yourself unblocked, your natural instinct is to go chase the quarterback. But that's why they call it a trap block, is essentially they've trapped you or tricked you into pursuing upfield when you shouldn't be, and they're taking advantage of that undiscipline. For guys on the edge, like D'Angelo Mandel, you train your eyes. Those are the guys that can see the quarterback and can be can really get confused, and, and it can hurt the defense if they are watching the quarterback if they're watching all the ball fakes and all those things instead they have cues that are not based on the ball they're not based on the ball handling it's based on either as i mentioned in the previous segment they're either assigned to 
a man or an area and a final responsibility, whether that's making the initial tackle, whether that's forcing, uh, you know, an outside run inside it to your pursuit players or otherwise. So, but D'Lo hit it right on the head. The key to stopping this and slowing this offense down is discipline. Staying with that triple options uh, conversation, Ben Bywater was asked if the Georgia Southern offense is similar to other option offenses like the ones at Navy. There's some similarity for sure. It's uh, Navy's a little bit more just true triple option, right? Dive, keep, pitch, right? And so this, they mix it up a little bit. They're more in the gun. And so, but it's going to be old timing, you know, downhill, uh, hard nosed football. And I'm excited. And I'm excited for it. But yeah, they're, they're tricky. They're, they're great athletes down there. I mean, it's, it's Georgia. So we're going to have to bring our A game and, and prepare. And so it'll be fun. I'm excited. Ben wasn't on the field last year against uh, Coastal Carolina, but there was a lot of players on this defense that did experience this very similar dynamic, and they know that they have to come out here and be ready to play with great effort and great physicality. We just heard in our last segment the play-by-play guy for Georgia Southern say that the number one objective for this Georgia Southern offense is to possess the football in order to generate three and outs because their objective is to create, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and and chew clock and and work their way slowly up and down the field, even at the expense sometimes of not scoring. What you got to do there is you have to play extremely disciplined but also extremely aggressive. It's not enough to just know your assignment and do your assignment. If you're going to get them off the field, you need to get them behind the sticks and put them in situations where they're not comfortable, third and eight and longer in obvious passing downs uh, and – and then where they're not as efficient and you can get them off the field that way. Lots of little interesting stats to go with this last cut. Uh, on the other side of the ball, mentioned that Kevin Whiteley comes in after week four of the season to take over as interim head coach of Georgia Southern. This will be BYU's second time this season and third time overall because next week at USC the same thing where they'll face a team that will have fired their coach midseason or had a coaching change midseason. Now, on the other foot, with the success BYU's had the last two years and right now how crazy it is in college football with the coaching carousel, there's quite a few vacancies out there, and Kalani Satake's name's being attached to a couple of those by some national writers, uh, for example, Washington and USC. Kalani was asked earlier this week how he's handling his name being mentioned as a possible candidate in the media. I mean, I, I know why you guys are asking those questions and things like that, but... I'm focused on getting our team ready for Georgia Southern, playing this game. That's been my focus the entire season is uh, whether you ask that question back in August, September, October, now in November, the the answer is still the same. I'm trying to take this thing week by week and focus on getting these guys ready to play at their best. We we have some lineups and some changes in lineups and and, uh, with health issues, trying to get guys back. And so all my attention can only go to the boys and trying to give the fans what they want this weekend, which is performing at our best. And I think we do that. We'll, we'll be happy with the result, with the result. So, but I understand why you're asking the question, but that's, that's my focus. I mean, you can only take coach at his word. He's never given us any reason to, uh, to not believe that he's not being anything but straightforward and honest and genuine in his comments. So, I believe him when he says that that's absolutely not been any part any part of his focus or use of his time has been put into coaching situations. And I also think that he's true. It's not just coaches speak when he talks about 
how happy he's been at BYU and how how excited and motivated he feels about where the program is at this not only at this point but where the program is going in the future and I and I don't just mean yeah obviously the Big 12 and P5 distinction plays into that but I also just mean where he's brought the program to from you know some of those darker years like you think about the 2017 or the 2018 years that that progress is extremely motivating it's it's uh, I, I mean so, some coaches are ultimately addicted to just the winning but others are really committed to the process I think what's addicting the Kalani is the process of being able to bring these guys in keep develop this program develop players and and maintaining a high level uh, of uh, performance on the field through those means so I know for fans out there we get nervous and we think that these other guys are gonna these other schools are gonna come in and woo them away because you know we maybe have seen it before but really I I mean I would even argue that BYU is not a stepping stone job I mean you'd think about Bronco Mendenhall but if you look at that that was just kind of mutual running its course Prior to that, obviously, Gary Croton didn't work out, and then you had Lavelle Edwards here for over 30 years. So we're it, BYU, we're not accustomed to coaches being named in the coach's carousel, but I think in Kalani Sataki we have a coach that's uh, not, going any, not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, the beautiful part about this, uh, Riley, is as a fan, yes, you get nervous, but as a fan, you'd much rather have your coach talked about as a, as a potential hire at a, bigger, at a big school because he's a, he's a wanted commodity. That means he's doing yeah. well. So you want that. And you also want as a fan because now the onus is on the university to step up and make sure he stays here. So Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and Ben, to your point, to your point would, would you rather trade places with a Washington or a Washington State or a USC that the reason that they're out there searching and Kalani's name is, is mentioned is because absolute lackluster plays to the point that they had to fire their coach midseason? I mean, nope. come on. Yeah, so it's good to be on this end of it, and everyone should just uh, – keep calm and trust in the university to do what they can to keep a talented coach like Satake here at BYU. Amen. Amen. Up next, Ben Bywater sits down with Jason Shepard for Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Ben Bywater is a freshman linebacker from Salt Lake City. He leads the team in tackles with 71 of them and has one sack this season. He's also one of the better interviews on the team. Here's Jason Shepard with Ben Bywater in this week's Shep Talk. Ben, I told you before we started recording this interview that I've been wanting to talk to you for weeks, and there are a couple of reasons why. Obviously, number one, you're one of the defensive leaders. You're obviously a fantastic player. The other reason is somewhat selfish because as a member of the media, I like to talk to people who are really good during interviews, and you are a fantastic interview. You must enjoy doing this because honestly, Ben, you could have a career in this if you wanted to. <laughs> I appreciate I actually appreciate that. Cause like, I like, uh, I like speaking in church. I mean, my bishop, <laughs> if my bishop's listening, uh, hopefully he's not, but yeah, you've been I, roped I, into I, speaking now. It's kind of fun. Like I kind of just like talking, like, it's just kind of genuine. I feel like I'm, I like talking to my buddies. And so I, I mean, and I, you know, it's an honor to be interviewed. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. Well, you are fantastic at it. I wanted to touch on that before we got into, uh, into the football stuff. Yeah. So 
Take me through growing up. You went to Olympus and based off of everything I've known or heard, that's kind of Ute country up in that area. So did you grow up a BYU fan? Take me through your BYU fandom and ending up as a BYU Cougar. So yeah, growing up in Salt Lake was, it was definitely different. And it was, it was hard because after what, 2008, 2009, we kept losing. And so it's, I was like, there's me and probably four or five other BYU fans it was hard out there. It was hard. I mean, it was tough for the boys. You had to just put your head down and just take it. So it was fun. I love growing up in, in holiday. That's where, that's where Olympus is at. So it's kind of right below sugar house kind of nestled up uh, along the mountains, but growing up, I, my, both my parents went to BYU. So it was kind of, my dad actually went to Utah state for a little bit. So like that, we had a family connection there. I always wanted to play for BYU, grew up watching them. And so when it came to, you know, what school I was going to pick, it was kind of a no brainer. Like I wanted to stay close to home. They're competitive, great academics. And I mean, Kalani and his staff were kind of like new in. So it was just, it was exciting. It was fun. And they showed me a lot of love and I was, it was a no brainer. So what year did you graduate from Olympus? Was it 16 or 17? 17. 17. So is it crazy for you to think that you graduated high school in 17? You've obviously had a mission before, yeah. but you were on the team in 1920 and 21 and you're still a freshman. It's crazy. It kind of, it's crazy to think about. It really is. It's kind of wild. I don't know exactly what, you know, where life's going to take me, how everything's going to plan out. I, I'm just grateful to play every, you know, every day I get to go play football. I mean, so many guys want to be doing what I'm doing. So, I mean, you just got to take every day as a blessing and just, and go have fun. So I'm grateful. I'm a freshman. I'm grateful I got some years ahead of me, but it's, uh, it's fun. So I heard you say earlier in the week that the buy came at a good time. It was good to be able to have that break. How did you spend your time? Absolutely. It was my, so it was my roommate's birthday. And so we just went up and had dinner up in Park City and I was just kind of relaxing. Just, I like, you know, working out on my own and just kind of relaxing, having fun with buddies going out. But a lot of guys went out of town. Um, so, but I kind of just stay on my homebody during the season. Don't try to get too out of my element. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Okay. It's still in season. You still got a game the next week, but like that, that week off, it really, I mean, as everyone knows, like if you're committed to something, you always kind of need those breaks mentally and physically. And so it, it couldn't have come at a better time. BYU does not get uh, a chance to play in uh, Georgia or that part of the country very often. And obviously it's a business trip. You're going there to win a football game, but how much are you guys looking forward to experiencing that part of the country as well? Because you just don't get to that area very much. Yeah, we love it. It's, it's so fun. I mean, playing college football is so great. You have so many opportunities to go, you know, across the country and play other people from other cultures. And so, you know, football is what unites us and, you know, connects us all. And so going out there, you, we do stay in the hotel, but I mean, they might plan an activity here and there. And then obviously the food is going to be a little bit different. So it's a business trip. Obviously the goal is to win, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the process, you know, smell the flowers along the way. And based off of everything we've heard, there's going to be a ton of BYU fans in that stadium anyway, right? You're used to that. You're used to having, having BYU fans at every game. Absolutely. You know, Cougar Nation's the best. It's so fun. Everywhere we go, Baylor, I mean, Washington State, everywhere we go, they're there and they're they're amazing. So it's a blessing to play for BYU. All right, let's focus in on the offense for the Eagles and let's get your thoughts on the option offense of Georgia Southern. And obviously, assignment sound is always brought up when defenses talk about facing an offense like this. Is it as simple as that? Is it just being assignment sound or is there more to it? There is more to it. Obviously, being assignment sound is like a pretty generic, broad term. And so being like everyone as a linebackers, it's okay. What are my keys? What are they trying to do? What's the down and distance? But I mean, they run that triple option and they, they kind of mix it up, right? They run it out of 
gun. They do a lot of pullers. They do a lot of motions, you know, and so there's a million moving parts. And so just staying, you know, fundamentally sound. And then obviously assignment sound, if you do those things and then beat the man across from you, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't dominate. I know you were asked also about, you know, how similar is it to Navy or coastal? It's all somewhat similar, but each team that runs something like that, they always have their own little spin on it. Is that right? Yep. And this, this team, I would say they you'll see, they have, they throw this wide receiver in motion. He'll go behind and then the, he'll be kind of like the pitch man. So that's something I don't, you know, Navy doesn't really do that a whole ton. That's kind of all out of the backfield. They get their receivers involved and then it'll be like a, you know, they do like, they like to do kind of like this fake option pitch throw downfield. So it's kind of like a play action pass. They're tricky, but I mean, we've had a few solid practices and, I, and I'm confident in what we're doing. So coaching, coaching staff doing a great job. So you lead the team in tackles. Is that a big deal to you? Is that something that you take pride in? How, how do you view that? Absolutely. It's something that I definitely take pride in and I would not be in this position if it was not for, you know, my teammates, we have our D line. I mean, people don't realize there's so many moving parts to a defense, right? Gaps, assignments. And so guys are taking up blockers that frees me up. And so just kind of being able to, I mean, I, I worked really hard. And so to see, I mean, I'm not saying other people don't work hard, but just for me to work and get that opportunity and then capitalize and, and make something happen. It's just, it's a blessing for me, but would not, would not be here if it was not for my coaches believing in me. And then obviously all the other boys doing their job. Sometimes it's just how the dice rolls. You get lucky. All right, Ben, let's wrap things up with the final four. These are the personality questions. These are the four questions that I've asked all of your teammates that have done pregame with me this year. So first question is what is your favorite BYU uniform combination? My favorite BYU uniform combination is the all Navy. Nice. I was really glad that you guys were finally able to win a game in the Navy helmet. I was worried that that helmet was going to get a bad rap because it was the one against Boise and it was the one against Baylor. So to get the one, I was happy because I love that uniform. I think they're cold as can be. I love them. Yeah, they're cool. Okay. The song, group, or artist that you're embarrassed to admit that you like. (laughs) I actually like Taylor Swift. (laughs) You answered that very quick. You you clearly must really like Taylor Swift. (laughs) I like Taylor Swift. I like Billie Eilish. Like kind of, you know, just late at night, you know, kind of just chilling alone. You know the deal. Okay. All right. Your favorite Taylor Swift song or album is what? Uh, I like our song or like meme. It's kind of like her old, like country stuff. Oh, you're going back. You're going before she went pop. Exactly. So I'm kind of just down to the roots. Okay. Look, just between you and me and the (laughs) thousands of people listening, I have Taylor Swift on my phone and sometimes it'll pop up on shuffle while I'm at the gym. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta run a few miles to her. You do. Yes. Yes. All right. Your favorite athlete past or present is who? Favorite athlete. I love Conor McGregor. I love the way he attacks kind of, you know, fighting in general. And then kind of, I like LeBron. I'm I'm, going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm I'm pretty basic, but I've always loved LeBron growing up. And so it's just kind of fun to still watch greatness. So are you a Lakers fan? I mean, you're, you're a Utah kid. I mean, jazz here. What are we, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm seeing I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm just kind of like a LeBron. Just a LeBron guy. guy. Okay. All right. That's that I can handle. Okay. What's the best thing about being a part of the BYU football team? The brotherhood. 
the brotherhood and just the opportunities. And it's just, it's so fun to see the tradition and growing up watching it and now being a part of it. You just can't take anything for granted. So the brotherhood and the tradition, just kind of the pride of saying, you know, and Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm part of something special. This is a, this is a team. This is a, a unit of family. And so being a part of that is, is special. Ben, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. You did not disappoint. Thank you so much for doing this. You were amazing. Like I said, you have a career in this. Whenever you're done playing football, you have a career in this. Trust me, you do. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes and good luck uh, in Statesboro. Jason, your man. Thank you, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank you. There was this week's version of Shep Talk, or as we like to call it sometimes, the T-Swift Fan Club Talk with Jason Shepard and Ben Bywater. Coming up next, we'll have our QB read with Riley. He'll be breaking down what the team should be looking at on a bye week. That's coming up next. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for our weekly QB read with Riley Jensen. Riley, I hear you got something cooked up for the bye week. Well, I just uh, wanted to spend a little bit of time discussing uh, with fans out there or listeners we all think about a bye week as oh it's it's a time to rest up and and that is true but uh, there's some there's a lot of other things that go on in a bye week that aren't just that are a to optimize the performance of the se- in the season but also it's an opportunity to really build the program within uh, within the season and and develop players and do things like that so first of all talking about that physical rest and for most of your guys it is a physical rest but for some other guys it's actually the opposite. So I had this experience my senior year. I had a, a, an injury going into the bye week, and I actually worked out with, during the bye week was actually one of my most physically strenuous weeks in, in terms of rehab and pushing my body to see if I could come back ready to play. That's the case here. You've got some players that are in that situation. You know, Gunnar Romney had the knee strain. I don't know if he's back or not all the way, but you, we've got some players who were on the field. They've got hurt prior to the bye week. Then the bye week comes, and they're actually really pushing themselves, pushing their conditioning, pushing their body to see if they can get game week. So for some people, it's a rest, but for others, it's a time to really get going at, at, in order to get back on the field. Uh, and while you are resting mentally, you are definitely sorry, resting physically. You're definitely not resting mentally. It's one of the, it should be at least as long as it doesn't coincide, and I don't know where we are in the semester, I don't know where finals are or that, but if it normally fits in the middle of the semester, it's one of your most uh, mentally strenuous football weeks because you're doing a few things. You're doing self-scout, so you're going back and, and watching cut-ups and watching you know, plays from previous season. You're watching them again. Obviously, you do film study on every game the Monday after the game, but you're going back again and and like as a quarterback, I used to track like footwork was a big thing for me. I would, I would note different things uh, about my feet. Was I able to get back to the backside of my read to get to my check down with my feet leading me there, or, or were my eyes ahead of my feet, or my feet ahead of my eyes, and things like that, and track that and see was I getting better or worse from the start of the season till now, or from three games ago until now. Uh, mechanics was another check. Is am I doing all the right things? My lo- 
using my lower half and my uh, keeping my upper body, you know, tight and accurate and, and just a, a time to tune tune up all those things. And each position is doing the. I gave a couple examples of what the quarterback might do, but each position is is doing those same things. While you do identify both those techniques, so there, there's two things. One, there's the actual technique of your position, and the other thing are your mental progressions. When you're going through the technique of your position, you want to go out and try and fix those. So, again, we talk about physical reps, rest, but you want to get actually a lot of low-impact reps, reps that aren't going to make you sore, reps that aren't going to deteriorate your body, but the, it's kind of the sweet spot they are amped up enough to where, like I mentioned, if my feet needed to be tightened up or my arm my arm path needed to be tightened up or if, you know, we'll use offensive linemen, if those guys were, you know, had maybe lost a little bit on their kick step or maybe, uh, you know, their angle step on the run drive, you're going out and you're actually getting more of those than you would in a normal week because in a normal week you're trying to, you're trying to you know, manage – peak performing for that next Saturday with the recovery from the Saturday before but on a bye week you can go out and really push yourself on those low impact reps and kind of rewire that muscle memory um, as it relates to your individual technique and then the last thing I'd say about a bye week that is extremely important it truly is you know the word grind is is overused and yet here I'm doing it and contributing to the overuse of the word but the season with the academics, so you've got academics, you've got football, you've got the physical aspect of football, you've got the mental aspect of football, and then, oh, by the way, just because you're in school and playing football doesn't mean that all the stuff around you stops, right? There's a lot of players on this team that are married, some that have kids. All of them have, you know, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters who have things going on in their lives. Some of them are going through tough things, you know, and uh, it's an opportunity to reconnect with those people that social network outside of the locker room to find opportunities to decompress so that by the time this game rolls around for this BYU team here against Georgia Southern, they're absolutely chomping at the bit. Um, whereas, you know, over the course of 10 straight games, it can kind of feel like, ooh, just you're just barely getting you're just barely getting back to where you're kind of even wanting to play. By the time the next game rolls around, after a bye week, everyone should be ch- chomping at the bit, and I hope to see them start fast and uh, and demonstrate that mentality here tonight. Yeah, one of the one of my favorite things I've ever heard from talking to coaches is uh, I think it was Kalani, and I know Kalani got this from some previous stops as well. Is bye week was not a bye week for coaches because they scouted their own teams uh, as they would, if not harder than they would an opponent. It was just going back and watching film and breaking it down and then going into practice saying, okay, here's some things we've noticed and here's, some, here's how we can improve. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's only so many hours in a week. I remember this summer I had a conversation with uh, Coach Roderick and he, he literally had his game week, normal game to game week, the, the hours, he had it detailed down into 30-minute segments because every 30 minutes during game week was absolutely precious. And so when you get a bye when you get a bye week it gives you an opportunity to do more of that they're still doing some self-scout but they again it's a balancing act they have to balance the self-scout between scouting the opponent and then preparing the game plan for that opponent and then the practice time of implementing that game plan and there's all of those things that while while you're still trying to go along looking for inefficiencies you don't have time to really focus in so a lot of the best coaches look forward to that opportunity to discover uh, where have we gotten stale, where have we gotten predictable, you know, where have we gotten sloppy, where can we tighten up, and uh, I think Kalani and his staff are definitely of that breed.
Riley, I appreciate the the read. I love the QB read every week because it takes me to school a little bit on the game of football, and I love it. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. Cougar pregame live rolls on next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Joining us now from the booth, it's the it's time to visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, voice of the Cougars. Greg, you just got done talking to Kalani Sataki pregame. Any break, late breaking news on what to expect today? Well, there is some news, and it's uh, it's it's not great. Um, well, let's start with the good news. Let's start, let's start with the news that is good. Uh, Gunnar Romney has had a couple of weeks plus a bye week to rest his knee, and Gunnar will play today. So the Cougars were without Romney against Virginia and Idaho State, and Gunnar's expected to be back today. That, 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 that's the good news. But, of course, that news compensates for the loss of Neil Pau. And what you want to do, Ben, when you play the FCS team every year, is get out of the FCS game without losing starters to injury. And... The, the Cougars did not get out of Idaho State unscathed. They lost Neil Pau, he's done, uh, and won't be done you know, for a while. We'll be playing today. And then uh, they've lost uh, Peyton Wilgar uh, as well. Um, so Peyton Wilgar, and, and that was not really so much in Idaho State, but uh, kind of exacerbation of stuff. And Kalani will talk about it in our pregame interview toward the bottom of the hour. But uh, Peyton has had season-ending shoulder surgery. So no Neil Pau, no Peyton Wilgar. And the starting right tackle, Campbell Barrington, won't play today either. And so that, that's more of a week-to-week thing. He, he could be good as soon as next week against USC, but they won't have him today. And so the offensive line suddenly got really, really thin, Ben. The only O-lineman, aside from the top five, they really feel good about getting snaps right now, uh, might be Braden Kime. I'm not, sorry, I beg your pardon, might be Seth Willis. Braden Kime's going to start in place of Campbell Barrington at right tackle today. So O-lines have gotten really thin. Linebacking core, missing its top two linebackers, Keenan Peely and now Peyton Wilgar. Uh, Neil Pau, one of your top wide receivers, your leading receiver in terms of catches on the year, is gone. So we're trying to get to the, uh, get to the end here with enough guys to, to, to get two more big wins here, Ben. But, uh, yeah, those are the uh, personnel notes. And, again, Kalani will go into all of this in greater depth uh, near the bottom of the hour. But uh, that's uh, from a personnel standpoint what BYU doesn't have and does have with the addition of Gunnar Romney today. Greg, you, meant, you just mentioned Gunner's coming back, but he primarily plays outside. Neil has played primarily inside. Uh, I know Samson Nakua, when he was at Utah, he primarily played inside. He's kind of been moved around as far as lineups and replacing those guys that you said. What? Who do you expect to come in those positions? It could be that uh, Gunner just takes Neil's spot. Inside. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but Samson's all – I really don't know that they're going to say one guy's locked into to any particular spot there today that way. And then who's the next man up to replace Peyton Wilgar? Uh, well, you're, you're going to – I see what you're going to – we're going to see a lot more of is a lot more 4-2-5, I think, today. I wouldn't be surprised if they start with just Thule and Bywater and play a nickel maybe in Hanneman. And, you know, Batty Summers, Tuioti Mariner, Tanavasa across the front as your down lineman, two linebackers only, and then see nickel with maybe Ammon. So I think – um, you know, certainly Drew Jensen and Morgan Piper uh, are next in line, but you might see a lot more 4-2-5 as a result, and Peyton's place doesn't get necessarily replaced to start the game. You look at this Georgia Southern team, uh, one weird stat that's still kind of weird 
for this season. This is the second of three games BYU play against a team that fired their coach in season. They've had yeah. some changeover. They've had some struggles. But in talking to Daniel Reed, their play-by-play voice, this might be the only time they get a team of the caliber of BYU in their stadium, in their house. It's a big weekend for them. So I'm guessing they're going to give the Cougars their best shot. Is this something that BYU is aware of coming into this game, that they are a target? Yeah, but the question becomes how you know how good can Georgia Southern's best shot be when the guy they're starting at quarterback most likely today, Ben, is taking his first ever college snaps. Um, they they've they'll, they'll, this will be the first season ever if it is Connor Sigelski, it'll be the first season ever in which Georgia Southern has started four different quarterbacks, uh, and Sigelski being the fourth, and the other two guys to play besides uh, Tomlin and Ransom were a couple of guys who were actually receivers. Uh, that had played some quarterback in high school that they used to actually start one of the games this year. So uh, they're reaching deep today, and, and you know nothing about Georgia Southern's numbers uh, stands out in a positive way. It, you know They have so many low rankings, uh, and, and the only thing they really do better than average or better than most is hang on to the football. They lose very few fumbles, but that's maybe the only thing because they throw a lot of picks. So the turnover margin is not great either way. Uh, just a lowly, it's a low-rated team. A team with maybe a third-string quarterback, uh, a team that has lost uh, you know four consecutive games to ranked opponents. They've never beaten a top-20 team. Every reason to believe that the Cougars are going to be uh, worth the point spread today, or at least the expectation of BYU winning handily. Uh, Kalani will talk about it a little bit. We'll talk about it, Riley and I, in pregame as well a little later on. But the similarities uh, to, to the Coastal Carolina trip, you come two time zones away, you play in the same general neck of the woods, and you play a team with a similar offensive style and feel. But... Uh, no Grayson McCall and, and no kind of continuity that Coastal Carolina gives you and, and no quality of depth and no caliber of competition. The similarity might be in scheme, but beyond that, uh, you know, this is not Coastal Carolina and, and BYU should expect to, you know, not just not just win, but, but win comfortably today. So, Greg, what is the mindset that uh, is it similar to Idaho State? And I know Coach doesn't really let on, uh, but kind of reading between the lines, is it one similar to against Idaho State where it was come out, get your first string guys some work, and then get them out of the game sooner than later? Or is this one where he wants them to get the play all 60 minutes? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be more the latter than the former. Uh, the, the tank has been refilled, even though you've lost – Neil Pau and Peyton Wilgar and Campbell Barrington, everyone else has had a good amount of rest. And, you know, whether a coach wants to come out and say it this way or not, you know, committee members are watching games like this one. Not just, you know, do you do you play well, but, but do you really take care of teams you're supposed to really take care of? The committee's already made clear that they care about those kinds of things. Not just, not just that you win, it's how you win. And so you don't want to put a number on it necessarily, but uh, you want BYU to be, you know, hyper-efficient in terms of number of possessions. And if the starters stay in late into the game, so be it. I think it's important that BYU uh, not just play well and not just win, but but look dominant today. This is a 3-7 and seven team they're taking on with a third-string quarterback more than likely. And that's not a team that should hang with the number 14 team in the CFP Top 25. And, Greg, you just answered my last question. But you, but and, and, and on that note, BYU is getting help with teams – uh, on that right now, Clemson's up 38-13 on number 10, Wake Forest. So there's a spot Wake Forest just scored, by the way. But Clemson's still up. That gives BYU a shot to jump if they yeah. take care of business. 
hey, it's time to scoreboard watch. And that's the great thing about mid to late November when you're in the top 15 of the CFP. That's what it's all about. And so it's, uh, it's invigorating. And, again, it's not, it's not top of mind for Kalani or his guys right now, but we can be excited about it, about the potential that, uh, you know, if the Cougars take care of business and do so as a top 15 team should, that good things could be in, in, in the offing next Tuesday night. Greg, thanks so much. I uh, look forward to the call coming up here in a little while with you and, you and Riley on the call. Ben, thank you, and uh, way to hang in there and be a gamer and grind it out, and uh, we hope that your voice stays strong and true all the way through this long day of BYU sports. Well, as they say in auto racing, Greg, we're going to drive it till the wheels come off, so let's go. <laughs> you do that. Thank you, Ben. Hey, up next, we'll be joined by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. but first let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are on the road to face the Eagles of Georgia Southern. I'm joined now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how are you? I'm good, Ben. It's... Uh... Hey, it's good after a week off. We're back watching some BYU football, so it's a uh, hey, it's a good day. Well, I asked Riley this to start the program. I asked you the same thing. Are you coming off the bye week rested or rusty? Hey, we're gonna say rested. Um, <laughs> yeah, rested. It was. I mean, great, great weekend to be with the family, and um, yeah, just ready to see the the royal blue. Um, back on the field today. Yeah, my wife during the bye week introduced me to the list of honeydews she'd been saving up for the previous <laughs> 10 weeks. Let's just say it was a busy Saturday for Ben. Hey, let, speaking of that bye week and rust versus rest, what are some of the first signs we'll see just after kickoff that shows us the Cougars are not rusty coming off of a bye week? Yeah, so, so obviously you want to see a strong and fast start um, on both sides of the ball. Um, but specifically uh, on the offensive side, um, no three and outs, right? Um, especially after a bye week, if they come out and do a couple three and outs, I mean, that that, that could have been a bye week uh, a little bit wasted, you could say, at least from a as they try and start fast. So um, no three and outs, I think that's key. And then obviously sustain those drives to, to punch it into the end zone. Um, defensively, I, I want to see him be stout on first and second down to force some third and longs. Um, you know, show they did their scouting and, and are in sync with – the game plan to shut down the run, which is where Georgia Southern is strong, um, and, and so I think that'll be that'll be key to watch here in the beginning. Um, and then, as always, ball security, um, you know, to ensure that um, there's no rust. Right, be be crisp in the things that matter, um, and one of those uh, huge factors is ball security. So, um, those are kind of the things that I'll look for here in the first quarter, early on in the game, to ensure that hey, there's no rust and they're ready to play. Force. And do not be forced into three and outs is what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I want to, based off some news Greg just gave us, uh, no Neil Pau, Gunnar Romney back. How do you expect the receiving core to look a little bit different with ins- reinserting Gunner but missing Neil? You know, I, I don't think um, – I mean, obviously you're going to miss Neil because he, he brings um, an aspect of consistency – um, to uh, to the receiving core that that you really can't match, um, but I mean we know Gunner right as a as a big time playmaker, a, a huge downfield threat. 
Um, we So we may see a little bit more of that. I, I, I'm curious to see which receiver kind of steps into that medium hybrid role because um, we see, you know, we see Neil not necessarily catch a bunch of balls down the field, but more just those intermediate to medium targets, uh, which he does so well at um, after the catch. Um, and, and so uh, I'm not sure which receiver is going to take it on. I think one thing that is very encouraging is Keanu Hill really came alive last week and he's come on, come on strong the last couple games. And so, yes, you lose Neil. It does hurt the offense. But I think Keanu Hill has been prepped these last couple weeks to take on potentially a bigger role and fill what Neil's void would uh, would cover there. So, um, yeah, kind of ex excited to see how it's going to shake up. And I, I'm assuming we'll see some guys move around um, a little bit more just, uh, you know, from Z to X to his slot, things like that. But, uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. This season's been kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, trog would be the word to use with with bye week coming 10, game, 10 weeks in. But you start off with six of the first nine games being against P5 schools, two of your other three games against rivals in Boise State and Utah State. How does BYU stay focused after Idaho State, a bye week, and now against a 3-7 and seven Georgia Southern team who may be starting a fourth-string quarterback? Yeah. Um, you know, I think you've got to have the exact same mindset that they had last week against Idaho State. Um, every single game is an opportunity to prove uh, prove themselves as a player. Um, there's a lot of guys, and we even saw last week, that uh, um, not necessarily seniors on the roster, but potentially their last season in a BYU uniform. And so there's, I mean, every single opportunity to take the field is, is an opportunity to, one, um, you know, give back to BYU, but also, you know, impress the scouters um, that are that are watching uh, to potentially get to the next level. And so um, I think you have the same mindset. Um, again, too, you want to make a statement um, to the voters so BYU doesn't slide in the CFP rankings and, and even put themselves in a position to potentially jump up spots with a couple key losses. We're already tracking a few today um, that uh, that may help BYU as long as they can handle business today. Um, and so, you know, and lastly, too, we Greg just reported on it, right? We've got a couple injuries um, that uh, maybe some people weren't expecting. Peyton Wilgar, Neil Pau, um, uh, the O-line isn't the same O-line that uh, BYU started with at the beginning of the season. And so there are some injuries, there's some voids there that people need to be firing on all cylinders. Players need to be ready to go because at any time, you know, you'd hate for this game to, um, you know, be one of those setback games just because guys aren't ready to go. Um, but uh, I think the mindset said the same, right? Make a statement um, as, as there's still uh, a lot to play for here at the end of the season. You mentioned those games that we're kind of scoreboard watching right now with uh, 12, 12 and a half left in the fourth quarter. Clemson's up 38-19 and driving on Wake Forest as Clemson almost fumbled and gave the ball away. I should probably pay attention to the descriptions to that so Clemson doesn't <laughs> Mess things up there. Hey, you mentioned Georgia, Georgia Southern. They're a hybrid offense, a little, kind of a hybrid option, more like Coastal Carolina than a Navy-type look. What yeah. are the keys for the BYU defense when they're looking to stop this type of offense? Yeah, win the line of scrimmage and, and stop the run. Um, be demandingly physical um, to make Georgia Southern do what they don't want to do, and that's throw the ball. Um, especially, you know, as we heard, there's, you know, they're on to their fourth starting quarterback potentially this year. Um, and you know they're going to want to be able to establish the ground game because that's where gonna, they're going to be most confident, even without um, a, a player that's taken his first snaps as a quarter at quarterback um, for the Eagles. And so um, 
for BYU's keys, stop the run, put a put a huge focus on that. Um, and uh, as always, you know, force turnovers and build off of that momentum. Um, momentum's key in, in any game, and so uh, no, there's no greater momentum swings than with turnovers, and so I think those are the big things, right? Stop the run, um, force them, like I mentioned a, a little bit before, right? Force them to throw um, when when they typically wouldn't want to, um, and then, yeah, force turnovers and build off that momentum. And last question for you here, Mitch, as you look at today's game, we talked about the rankings just a little bit. Not a lot of voters in the committee probably not going to spend a lot of time watching this game, but they will look at the score. Um, what does BYU need to do to make a statement in this game to improve their resume to possibly move up come Tuesday? Yeah, obviously win big. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing right now for BYU is is to make a statement when it, it cannot be, you know, a 28, even 28-14. I mean, you've got you've to run up the score. 40-plus, it would be great for BYU to get in the 50-point range while holding this um, Eagle offense to, you know, uh, I would say less than 14 points would be ideal. Um, and, and so th that's the kind of uh, big win that you want. Um, you also want a commanding lead at halftime, right? Um, we're watching it today, what Ohio State did to Michigan State, 49-0 um, at halftime. I mean, that's, that's going to get people to turn their heads. Um, and, and if that happens, right, you're going to see maybe some players, some second stringers, third stringers play late in the game. And so if it's, it's not too much of a drastic change in the second half, um, that, that's not as big of a deal. So if you can really come out in the first half and make a statement, I think that's going to you know, turn some heads. Um, uh, for this the CFP committee, and then lastly, I, I think you know having big games for Tyler Algier, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, really your flashy players for BYU. Um, yes, the CFP committee is going to look at the team's overall performance, but it, it definitely doesn't hurt when you have your flashy players having big games um, because you know everyone loves to to watch those guys in key games at, uh, in, during bowl season. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking for, and, and hopefully the Cougs can produce and to do just that uh, here today. And closing in with a question that may just be of interest you only, Mitch, but we're going to ask it anyways. Short sleeve weather today? <laughs> I wish. Oh. Um, it, uh, you would think with the uh, looking at the forecast, but uh, down here in the south um, with the humidity, it gets, uh, it gets a little bit colder. So, yes, it reads – you know, 60s right now at the end of the game. I think it'll be low 50s, but it may feel like uh, a 40-degree game. So I've uh, I've got some layers. Um, I'd, I'd rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. So. Uh, you got uh, L.A. next week, Mitch. I exactly, exactly. <laughs> thanks, Mitch. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Ben. On the other side, Jason Shepard sits down with interim Georgia State head coach Kevin Whitley. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're getting you ready for BYU and Georgia Southern. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard talked to the interim head coach of the Eagles, Kevin Whitley. Here's that conversation. Coach, the team snapped a four-game losing streak with the win over Texas State. What do you think was the biggest difference in that game that maybe wasn't happening prior to? Well, you know, I think uh, the real thing is that we're playing a lot of young guys, and I think they're growing up, you know. And so 
uh, some of the mistakes we were making in the previous weeks, we were able to correct, and those guys were able to play a lot faster. I think anytime you're a young player and you're doing a lot of thinking, it doesn't allow you to play as fast. And so those guys are really growing up. You know, they're kind of getting what we're asking them to do. And uh, we just want to finish the strong the season on a strong note right now. When you look at the offense and the defense, offense right now scoring about 22 points a game, giving up about 32 on the defensive side. And, and I know as a coach, you hope the answer is both. But which side of the ball do you feel is maybe closest to turning it around or maybe getting closer to what you want them to be? That's a great question. I think I, the biggest thing for us right now is just kind of getting a consistent 11 on the field. We've had a number of injuries on both sides of the ball, so our lineups really change weekly, if not daily. For us right now, I think our defense, um, our offensive unit has been a little more healthy than our defense. So I'll say the offense just because guys are able to get some consecutive starts under their belt. I think our offensive line has, you know, been pretty healthy for the most part. And uh, so I'll, I'll go with offense. Defensively, you know, it's, it's a new 11 just about every week, just based on injuries and uh, things of that nature. So uh, right now, I'll say offense is probably getting a little closer to where we wanted to get to. But, you know, again, we just got to, you know, feel the, feel the best product we can, get the guys on the field that can play and, and um, play at a high level. Obviously, Coach, at the end of the day, the players, all they want to do is play and win football games. But there's been a lot of things happening around the players. How do you think the team has handled all of the in-season changes that have happened around them? Well, I, I think um, you know, I got to really manage the situation very well. Um, I think not only the players, but the coaches. I mean, anytime the changes made during the season, there are definitely some challenges that, you know, you didn't anticipate going into the season. And, uh, you know, last week, I think it was a prime example of that. I think on a number of occasions, people thought we would fold the tent and, and quit and, and give up. But these guys have found a way to keep fighting. And I told them they kept fighting. We, we eventually get us a win. So, you know, right now, just keeping them together, keeping them positive, keeping them focused, uh, keeping them practicing hard. And, and then good things can happen on Saturday. Have an opportunity to have the 14th ranked team in the country coming into your building to play. What are your thoughts on this Cougar team? Oh, man. Uh, BYU is probably one of the, you know, top 20 programs every year. I mean, it's not, you know, they're new to Georgia Southern, but they're not new to us in terms of, you know, their national brand. You know, everybody knows about the program, knows how physical they are, knows how tough they play, you know, how well disciplined they are. So, you know, the challenge for us is to match that intensity, you know, make sure we're not playing, uh, making a lot of mistakes and just playing arrow-free football. Look, and you guys are no strangers to playing ranked teams. You've done it a couple of times already this season. You faced two ranked teams this season. You faced an Arkansas team that while they weren't ranked when you played them, they were ranked at one point during the year. So this is obviously something that you guys are used to playing teams like this. What do games like this mean to the program? Hey, you know, anytime you're a G5 program, you're able to play top 25 schools, it just brings more attention to your program, uh, puts you on a bigger stage, so to speak helps you with recruiting. And so, you know, kids want to play the best, you know, and so Georgia Southern's done a good job in scheduling tough opponents, you know, and, and I, I key right now is find a way to get some wins in these, against these top 25 teams. Georgia Southern has been one of the best teams in the nation over the last couple of years in turnover margin. And outside of the Boise State game, BYU hasn't really turned the ball over very much. Where does the turnover battle rank in terms of your keys to success on Saturday? Well, you know what? It'd be great if we can get them to turn the ball over 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, turnovers, that's a deciding fact. I think one of the reasons BYU is so good is because they don't turn it over. You know, anytime you can play mistake-free football, it gives you a great chance of winning. So, 
you know, we have a big challenge here. We have to protect the ball. We can't afford to turn it over. We got to be solid in special teams, and we got to try to get us two or three on Saturday to give us a chance. And like I said, they're well-disciplined, well-coached, going to play tremendously hard. You know, so we have to do those same things. I don't know how aware you are of how BYU fans travel, but I, there's going to be a lot of Cougar fans in the area. So my last question to you is, now by the time this airs, we're going to be pretty close to kickoff. But for those that are going to go on the trip, they're going to be down there in Statesboro. What's something that BYU fans need to go and do while they're there? Whether it's something to see, whether it's a place to eat, what's something Cougar fans need to do when they're in the area? Well, you know, one thing about Statesboro, you know, it's a, a very close-knit community, uh, a lot of great local restaurants they could do. Um, but the, the, I guess the biggest thing is Nats, which is a restaurant that's right on the corner. Uh, it gets his name, honestly. You know, it's the Coach Russell used to always say this is the Nat capital of the world. And so hopefully the Nats will be out very strong and, and it will affect their football team a great deal and get in their eyes when they're trying to catch passes and, and benefit us. But I would say that would be one place uh, that you could visit. And hopefully the Nats will be out strong on, on Saturday night. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I really do appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. That's interim Georgia Southern head coach Kevin Whitley. As he leads his team against the 14th-ranked BYU Cougars today. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football and celebrate championships times three. For BYU. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Before we get you caught up on some college football scores out there today, let's talk about some championships for BYU. Huge congrats go out to Connor Mance and Whitney Orton, who both won the individual national championships today in men's and women's cross country. The women as a team finished second overall, while the men's team finished seventh. Get these stats. Mance is the first repeat back-to-back champ in cross-country since 2015. Orton is the first women's cross-country individual title holder in BYU history. And the duo pull off the first same-school individual championships since 1988 in the NCAAs. Also, congrats out to former BYU soccer great Ashley Hatch as her NWSL team, the Washington Spirit, win the NWSL championship today 2-1 over the Chicago Red Stars. Now to some top 25 college football scores. Top-ranked Georgia really really kind of testing themselves today as they host Georgia Tech. Actually, check that. Georgia's not facing Georgia Tech. Georgia facing Charleston Southern, that was a big test for them. Georgia wins 56-7. to uh, Top fourth-ranked Ohio State, basically taking seventh-ranked Michigan State behind the woodshed for a good old-fashioned beating. Two minutes, three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter of that game, and Ohio State is up 56-7. to It was 49-0 at the half, so really low-scoring second half for both teams compared to the first half. Clemson upset, is upsetting Wake Forest right now. 10th-ranked Wake Forest, if they fall, that leaves a spot open for BYU to jump in the fourth quarter with a six-and-a-half to go. Clemson's up 41-19 to 19 on the 10th-ranked Demon Deacons. 
13th-ranked Oklahoma is up by a touchdown over Ohio State or Iowa State, so keep an eyeball on that one with a minute 46 left in the fourth quarter. In the second quarter, uh, 17th-ranked Iowa is up 17-3 on Illinois. At the end of the first half, Notre Dame has a 24-0 lead over Georgia Tech. Other games have gone final. Texas A&M. We love these uh, end-of-the-season SEC tests by these SEC teams. In the Battle of the A&M, 16th-ranked Texas A&M beats Prairie View A&M 52-3. And 25th-ranked Mississippi State. They were challenged today by Tennessee State. Mississippi State gets a 55-10 win there. Of course, as you can tell, there's some sarcasm and tongue-in-cheek as it goes to these late-season SEC challenges. Second to last week, you should probably be playing tougher games than that, my opinion. Just my opinion there. Hey, later tonight, a game that BYU fans should be watching for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, it does help. It will help BYU in the standings and a possible New Year's Six Bowl is number 23, Utah. The rival hosts number three, Oregon, in Salt Lake City. A win by the Utes would knock Oregon uh, out of the, out of the uh, college football playoff conversation and probably ensure that the Pac-12 only gets one team in a New Year's Six Bowl, which would help BYU when it comes to those dreams for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Coming up next, it will be the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. For the first time in the history of the BYU football program, welcome inside Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia, home of the Georgia Southern Eagles. As today, BYU visits a Sunbelt Conference venue for only the second time all time while playing its fourth ever game in the state of Georgia. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me, the slinging, scrambling southpaw himself, the former BYU signal caller, Riley Nelson. And Riley, at 8-2 on the season, BYU is a top 15 team in the CFP rankings, and should the Cougs win out at Georgia Southern and at USC next week, BYU could be still in the mix of two lost teams vying for an at-large spot in the New Year's Six, but style points also matter. When an 8-2 team like BYU takes on a 3-7 team like the Georgia Southern Eagles, it's imperative that the Cougars not only win, but uh, look pretty dominant in doing so, I think. It does, Greg, and uh, you look at last week against Idaho State, and it was unfortunate that Idaho State was able to match their season-high point total. Unfortunately, the voters didn't look too um, 
too frowningly upon that, but I think it's important not only to show the, the voters and the fans out there, but more so for this BYU team after running the gauntlet of 10 straight weeks without a bye, go into a bye, rest up, come back out, and know that you've still got that juice to not only take care of business today, but in your season finale against USC and then whatever the postseason may bring. For the second time this season, BYU is facing an interim head coach, and the Cougars will do it again next week at USC today. Kevin Whitley is keeping the Georgia Southern seat warm for Clay Helton. The coach fired from USC is on campus but won't start on-field coaching for the Eagles till the end of the season. Whitley's gone 2-4 and four since taking over a month into the 2021 campaign. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Zitake, who today is coaching his 75th game. As the Cougars bench boss, the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. We're back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are coming to you live from Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. This 25,000-seat uh, venue is sold out for BYU and Georgia Southern. It could be a record crowd on hand today as the Cougars play to go 9-2 and two on the season. Second consecutive season, BYU visits Sunbelt Conference country. It was almost a year ago that BYU played at Coastal Carolina, three hours up the road in Conway, South Carolina. It was BYU's lone loss in an 11-1 season. This year's BYU squad comes to Statesboro with an 8-2 record and playing to keep those New Year's Six hopes alive. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake's team coming off a bye week and he gets receiver Gunnar Romney back but as one starter returns, a handful of others have been lost as we hear in today's pregame conversation with Kalani who remains confident that the late season bye week will have refilled the tank for a vital two-game stretch run. Yeah, we gave them plenty of time to get the, the, the tank to get full now. And, and uh, I think the recovery time, using the, the, the data and research and science, uh, the guys are looking good. They look great this week in practice. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to roll. Um, we came out a couple days early, uh, so a day earlier than we normally do uh, for the East Coast games. And I think the guys have, uh, you know, been able to acclimate to the, the time and the, the weather. The weather's nice, and so we're looking forward to the game. I think I think it's uh, the guys are hungry to get back on it on, on the field and get ready to go. And I guess the vibe is a sellout, maybe a record crowd. People here are very excited to have BYU in town. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we have a good good amount of those fans here. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I know that they, you know, they, they they've uh, they've been pubbing it up, and, and where we're staying in Savannah, about an hour away, they, there's a lot of excitement in the area. So uh, we're looking forward to the game. I, again. Uh, our guys are used to any environment, and so this is an opportunity for us to keep focus and, and try to get uh, you know our goals accomplished for, for this game. You get an important player back today. Gunnar Romney's recovered from his knee injury enough to, to give it a go. Yeah, Gunnar looks great, and, and uh, it's going to be exciting to have him on the field, especially with the absence of Neil. So, um, you know, the other guys have to step up and uh, with with Neil being out, but, the, but I think we have a good group of guys there that can do it, and having Gunnar back is, is a big part of that. So you're down Neil Powell with wide receiver, but you get Gunnar back. Uh, Campbell Barrington been playing so well for you, and he won't be available for you today. Yeah, unfortunately, he got hurt in practice, and so we're going to um, – um, it's not out for the year, but hopefully we get him back next week. But he will not be playing uh, today, and uh, the the role goes to um, to Braden Kime. And so I think he, it's his time, and, and uh, he's, he's worked really hard, and, and we really feel good about our depth. 
uh, you know, at, at a lot of positions. It's getting tested quite a bit in a lot of in certain positions, and I, I think Kime's ready for the moment, though. So it's Kime time. All right, yeah. uh, early in the year, you had to deal with the loss of Keenan Peely, mm-hmm. and your other big-name linebacker, if you will, Peyton Wilgar, won't be available for you today. Yeah, that's frustrating. I, I know he had a surgery on his shoulder, and, and um, in order to get him back in the right amount of time, uh, the, the, the decision had to be made whether to do it now or later. And um, This was probably the best thing for him to get him ready for next year. And so uh, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, he's, he's been kind of bugging him all year long, and I think uh, it was just a pain uh, deal for us and for him. But um, eventually we knew he was going to have to go this route. Uh, it's just I think it's, it's – um, inappropriate for us to keep asking him to play with so much pain and I, I think it's okay to get it fixed now. You know Ben Bywater and Max Tooley will be ready to roll and, and uh, Drew Jensen those guys have stepped up and made a lot of plays for us um, you know we're, Morgan Piper's going to have a chance Josh Wilson so there'll be other, some other names on the field that that uh, maybe haven't had an opportunity and this is their, their time now so um, we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, uh, we're still down a couple guys but we're still you know and some guys are back but not 100% so maybe they'll have a limited role but uh, that's the game when you get this late in, in, in the season I know they, they have some struggles on with with some guys in health and, and so do we it's not yeah, not unique to anyone unless you're playing college football and so we, we just got to find ways to get healthy and get better how do you describe Georgia Southern's offensive attack yeah, very similar to, I've said it before, to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to run the ball and it's triple option in, in shotgun. Um, and so we have to be really, really disciplined, and we have to tackle well. Uh, defensively, it comes down to the fundamentals. As a team, if we tackle better and if we are assignment sound, but if it goes down to the fundamentals, I mean, tackling, blocking, things like that, taking care of the football, we usually have success. So that's that's no different uh, this week compared to the others. Where Coastal excelled was basically keeping your attack off the field that day. And so as many three and outs as you can rack up defensively will be a big part of the battle today. Yeah, and, and then, um, you know, winning third downs, that's going to be the key. Forcing them to third and longs and winning those third downs and doesn't, doesn't hurt for us to, to get some interceptions and some force some fumbles. And so if we can do all those things, uh, I think we'll, we'll increase our chances and get the ball back to our offense and, and let them do what they they're good at and that's put points on the board it's a beautiful sunny day in the deep south it's a football saturday good feeling in the other should be fun yeah a lot of a lot of oxygen in the air for our guys to, <laughs> to run with you know and and um you saw a lot of success with our cross-country team doing that yes, with, with that extra extra oxygen so hopefully <laughs> we can do the same here on this field yeah it's already been a great day for byu hasn't it yeah, let's keep it rolling let's let's make sure that we keep this uh this this thing going for our fans all right kalani thank you for the preview have a great game we'll talk to you afterwards let's go let's have some fun thank you that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar kickoff show is coming up next live from Statesboro, Georgia on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
good Saturday afternoon again. Cougar Nation, welcome back inside Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. This town of 32,000 featuring a 25,000-seat uh, venue for the Georgia Southern football team, a program in its eighth season as an FBS member. BYU comes in 8-2 and two on the year. The Eagles of Georgia Southern 3-7. and seven. They had lost 7-8 of eight before winning. They did win last week at Texas State. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson coming to you from the Built Bar broadcast booth. Glad you're making up a part of your Saturday uh, with us on the radio on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, BYU, Georgia Southern, let's uh, kind of set this one up. It's been three weeks since BYU last played a meaningful football game. It was Idaho State on November 6th, by week last week. So Virginia on October 30th was uh, what was BYU's last serious competition. And the Idaho State win was costly. Uh, the Cougars come into this week minus some important starters, as we talked about, Neil Pau, Peyton Wilgar, Campbell Barrington. Uh, so depth on the team continues to be tested. Cougs trying to get to the finish line while winning and winning hopefully big at the same time. But as Pau goes out, Gunnar Romney gets back. So now, Riley, the new big three, a wide receiver, Gunnar Romney and the Nakua brothers, Puka and Sampson, between them and Jaron Hall, well, that's a pretty good pass game engine to drive the Cougars down the stretch. It is, Greg, and not to mention the last week's game, Keanu Hill's performance was extremely timely. Two touchdowns, obviously one receiving, one off the block punt. And let's not forget the tight ends that still are a, a component, although they have been a, a little bit of a lesser component in this year's Aaron Roderick, who was dialing up a lot of those same schemes last year to give Isaac Rex all those touchdowns, could do the same this year for Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker. So it's great to have Gunner coming back. It's great that Keanu Hill seems to be emerging, and uh, Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker are there. Jaron still has plenty of weapons to distribute the ball and get them to. I don't expect the passing game, although Neal will be missed, I don't expect the passing game to take a big step back, if at all. The bye week last week, also big for BYU's run game workhorse Tyler Algier, still the nation's leader in rushing touchdowns with 17. He's been named to the Doak Walker Award semifinalist list. He's 34 yards from passing Luke Staley for eighth on BYU's career rush yardage list. Staley's single season rushing record also in play. Algier scored a rushing touchdown in eight consecutive games. That's the BYU single season and career record for most consecutive games with a rushing touchdown. And he's tied with Staley and Chuck Cutler for most consecutive games with a touchdown rushing or receiving in a single season. Riley, if BYU's going to win out to get 10-2 and two and stay in the New Year's Six mix, Tyler Algier is going to have to continue to be a big part of the game plan. He is, and you mentioned earlier in your conversation with Kalani some of the injuries that are going to be or that have been experienced on the offensive line. That means that Tyler is going to have to step up his game even more. You, of course, always need to work in conjunction with your offensive line as a running back for them to provide the holes, you, you to hit the holes and finish runs uh, very physically and hard as Tyler has done. But that will be a, something we'll need to keep our eye on today. The other thing I'll say with Tyler Algier being named a Doak Walker Award semifinalist, I think the ideal scenario for this program and for Tyler is he has you know very high production that keeps him in the conversation for awards like the Doak Walker Award and in his chase for the single season BYU rushing yards record. 
you don't do that at the expense of the performance of the rest of the offense. But if both of those things can happen here today, BYU plays well and Tyler gets some yards and notoriety, then consider it a win all around. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show will continue after we remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire. Plus, no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll have more of the Cougar Kickoff Show live from Statesboro, Georgia, right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Georgia Southern kicking it off just after the bottom of the hour here at a sold-out Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. So much BYU blue, royal blue already in the stands. If there are any empty patches or less populated sections, they'll be Georgia Southern sections because the BYU tickets that have been bought are all being used, and Cougar Nation showing up big time here in Statesboro today. All right, the Eagles looking for their first ever win over a top 20 team, by the way. Georgia Southern 2-7. and seven against ranked teams overall as an FBS member. Their highest ranked win came at number 21 App State two years ago. Georgia Southern currently on a four-game skid against ranked opponents. The old Georgia Tech teams, now bring up Georgia Tech because this is BYU's fourth trip to the state of Georgia. They played Georgia Tech twice and then Georgia once. And the old Georgia Tech teams were triple option teams. And Georgia Southern shares some of that DNA, but the Eagles option attack looks more and feels more like that of Coastal Carolina. And although Georgia Southern is not of Coastal's caliber, the Eagles game plan will likely be reliant on the same ball control component Riley aimed at keeping BYU's increasingly prolific and productive offense off the field. Well, the, early, the opponents earlier in the schedule didn't do it with the triple option attack that we're going to see uh, glimpses of today. BYU is no stranger to an offense that's trying to uh, limit their possessions. Greg, I rem- it wasn't too long ago we were talking about BYU only running 58, 60-something plays in a game, and yet they were still able to win those ball games. So ideally they're going to want to be more productive than that. They're going to want want to run more plays, but they've proven that they can grind out a win against a team that's going to try and play keep away and, uh, and limit BYU's offensive chances. Now, to me, the onus, what maybe wasn't uh, what they weren't able to accomplish against P5 opponents earlier in the season was was limiting their ability to play keep away in the defense, create some havoc, create turnovers, give the ball back to the offense, see if they can't get out and score 40, 40, 50, or even 60 points today. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU is really comfortable with Jaron Hall at quarterback right now. Jaron currently a career pass efficiency of 155.2, which if maintained would be the fifth best in BYU history. He's only the third BYU quarterback to have two career streaks of 100 passes or more without throwing a pick. Riley, you add it to his threat as a runner, and he's pacing to both finish this season and kind of set up next year as one of the best all-around QBs we'll see. Extremely efficient. I'd say even though we're 10, this being the 11th game into the 2021 season, he's still trying to play his way out of Zach Wilson's shadow in the minds of a lot of people. Uh, he, In my opinion, he's already done that. He's proven that he can be a stable a foundational player for this program as he is only a sophomore on the eligibility for years to come and if this season is any indication of where the of what the future might hold the quarterback position is in good hands at BYU back with more of the BYU store Cougar kickoff show live from Paulson Stadium in Statesboro Georgia next on the new skin BYU Sports Network 
Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming up, number 14, BYU visiting Georgia Southern in a first-ever meeting between these two programs. Cougars playing for a third season with nine or more wins in Kalani's sixth season as head coach. BYU went 2-9-4 and nine and four in Kalani's first year in 2016, 11-1 last year, and the Cougs 8-2 coming into this one. On that note, Kalani today coaching his 75th game, his record 46-28. and 28. He's been at the helm as BYU's made eight consecutive appearances in the CFP rankings. He's been in charge for the start of BYU's transition into the Big 12 and his success has attracted recognition whenever the national coaching carousel starts spinning. But, Riley, the Big 12 is BYU's equalizer right now. BYU's about to be a P5 program. I'm not sure uh, what Kalani would be looking for that he wouldn't have at BYU, and that goes for the BYU coaches of so many other very successful sports right now. Life is good at BYU. It's a great time to be a Cougar. The old saying that the grass isn't always greener, well, I would say that it would be hard to find any greener grass than is at BYU right now. Look, Coach Sitake was coached by Lavelle Edwards, who was a program builder, spent time, and then his single, once he... uh, ventured out into his coaching career the coach who he has spent the most time around is another former BYU player Kyle Whittingham who has been at his same institution for 20 plus years and is one of the longest tenured head coaches I think those are Kalani's same goals to be like Lavelle Edwards or to be like Kyle Whittingham is to build a program be there for the long haul Uh, so fans needn't worry and let's enjoy the good the good while it's going Coming up, down the field level to hear from Mitchell Juergens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For fresh off-the-grill chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Text the word COCONUT to 61090 for a free drink with your next meal. That's Coconut with two Ks. K-O-K-O-N-U-T to 61090. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from Statesboro, Georgia, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Georgia Southern coming up. The Bald Eagle Freedom is making its flight here around the gridiron at Georgia Southern. Cool to see. BYU Georgia Southern straight ahead. Full house, full hills as well. They have these grass hills on which people are sitting today. Uh, this record attendance is 25-735. We'll see if that's the uh, target number for today. Let's head down to field level. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you, Mitch. We've traveled to venues near and far, and we've never been surprised by how heartily Cougar Nation represents. We expect lots of BYU blue. We see it in the stands already today. What's the game day vibe from field level as Freedom lands on his handler's arm? Perfectly done. A few laps around the uh, gridiron here. <laughs> what a pretty cool sight. Mitch, from your perspective, the game day vibe and how you see this one playing itself out today. Yeah, first off, Greg, that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I, that was uh, I've never seen that in a, in a pregame. So, Guys, I um, think we should, should we try that with a Cougar? Let one <laughs> run out and see if we can. No, anyway, sorry. Back to anyway, uh, but to answer your question, Greg, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's everything you would expect 
for a BYU game on the road. Lots of royal blue and a ton of noise and energy every time these Cougars take the field here in pregame. Um, you know, I've always wondered what the opposing fans and players feel, especially those who have never played BYU in their own stadium. And in my opinion, it has to be one of the most confusing situations they've seen with so much royal blue showing up today. Um, as far as the game goes, um, I, I, to be honest, I don't expect this one to be too close. I think BYU comes into this game very strong off the bye week, dialed in with the task to make a statement win here late in the season. Um, with all the chatter around what could happen in the postseason, BYU knows what they can control, um, or knows that they can control what they can control, and that's it, and that's to win big here today. Thank you, Mitchell. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to this game, the coin toss and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Statesboro, Georgia, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.